0: Jazz, Utes, Cougars, or Aggies. These guys have got you
1: covered.
0: You're locked on to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. One, two, three, on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Yeah.
2: at 1280 The Zone. We want to remind you about our friends at Homie. Finally, the uh, the way real estate should be, full-service local agents, and you will save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. Let's get out of The Zone phone. Joining us now, of course, he makes the magic happen on Channel 5 KSL. He's getting ready to cover the Olympics. He's our friend Sam Farnsworth. What's up, Sam? What's going on, guys? We're doing
3: well. We're curious, and we mean this with all due respect, honestly. What kind of preparations are you making for the Olympics? Like, are are you getting the, the burner phone, the prepaid phone? Are you having to go into quarantine <laughs> before? Like, there are a lot of things we've read that are suggestions for how people are going over there.
4: Yeah, it's, it's crazy, and it's like an ongoing, uh, very fluid <laughs> approach to the Olympic Games. There's no doubt about that. So basically, uh, the plan, you know is to wipe the computer clean. Basically, so they're going to take my laptop and and clone it is what they call it, right? So that they've got an exact copy of what I, my current setup and everything that's on there and then totally wipe it clean and just put the bare bones minimum of, of what I need to operate with. And then when I get, you know, upon returning they would take the laptop, make sure that there's nothing on it, and, and maybe they would just destroy the laptop. Uh, I'm, I'm dead serious. Huh. And give me a new laptop, but whatever it is they end up doing, they take my old clone and put it back on the laptop so that there was no connections to, um, you know, potentially uh, Sense any viruses or yeah. spyware or, or anything like that, right? And, and then the burner phone situation, um, a lot of people I know are just getting, like, so, you know, what, a Walmart phone for a month or something like that. Um, I, I was just going to delete most of the stuff from my phone or just put it on a cloud or something like that. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. All the stuff they tell us, the quarantine thing is, is pretty nuts, but because they have a closed-loop circuit set up, basically it, it's a situation where as long as you're testing negative leading up, Departure date and then test negative upon arrival. You enter into their closed circuit, their their bubble, and once you enter into the bubble, there's no quarantine, uh, you know, needed. Any uh, any other person going to China to visit China would have to quarantine for 21 days before they would be allowed to go out into public. But but because they've got a closed circuit and basically you have to stay within that circuit, you don't have to do the quarantine. That's kind of the agreement that I guess the Chinese government and uh, the IOC came up with.
2: So you won't be able to go anywhere outside of what's in that circuit, including like, you can go to venues, I'm sure, but uh, but that's it, right? No Great Wall for you?
4: Yeah, no touring, no public restaurants, no, uh, no public transportation. Uh, the, the setup they have is basically you get there, um, they've got NBC has hired um, drivers and vehicles, where only I think, I, from what I understand, only three passengers per vehicle, um, and you have to take those vehicles from venue to venue, or from hotel to venue, and and you so basically only the hotel, only the uh, the NBC compound, the work center that they've got, and then the venues that you are given given access to are, are the only places you're allowed to go. So it's. Uh, yeah, not, it doesn't sound that exciting, does it?
3: <laughs> yeah, good luck with all that. We're going to talk some NFL, <laughs> Sam. Yeah. Well, what's been the biggest surprise for you uh, as you look to the NFL playoffs of uh, you know the four teams that are remaining? What's been the best storyline? What have you enjoyed about it?
4: I really enjoyed um, watching Joe Burrow and what he's done with Cincinnati. It's just been a lot of fun to see. Uh, and and I've got some quarterback envy here, you know, being a, a Broncos fan who's really struggled to figure out their quarterback situation for many years now. You see a guy like Joe Burrow come into the league, have the success that he's had early on, then and, and then this year, what, he has the 500-something yard game, I think it's the, the third or fourth uh, biggest passing game in history, and now he's got a team one step away from the Super Bowl. That's uh, Him and his connection with Jamar Chase has been just so much fun to watch, and I think any team out there that's trying to rebuild and, and get back to uh, some form of a playoff contender is looking at the Bengals with some jealousy right now. and So uh, it's pretty cool to see what they've done. And, and uh, oh, man, that, that Chiefs and Bills game was just something else, wasn't it? Um, that was so much fun to watch. And, and, again, I'm going to the quarterback situation where you've got two young quarterbacks uh, um, it, that are probably going to be the face of the NFL for the next decade in that game. And, and, and I'm just watching all these teams thinking, gosh, what's wrong with the Broncos? Why can't they find the right, right fit? So, uh, but it's just been so much fun to watch these, these young players really evolve into the superstars that they are and to take their teams, uh, this step. So, uh, as we see it, and I know I've talked about this with you guys before I had the chiefs and the, the Packers, well, the Packers are now out and I honestly really don't care for the chiefs. So, uh, I think it would be a lot of fun to see a Bengals-Niners rematch from, what, was that 89 or 88, yep. whenever it was? That would be a lot of fun.
2: So, uh, Sam, uh, best guess, where is Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback next year?
4: <laughs> uh, man, my best guess is I honestly think uh, Green Bay is probably still, still in, the, in the, the driver's seat, right? I mean, with all the drama that he's been through, with that organization to make it sound like he didn't even want to be there. And then he still found a way to be back on that roster this past season and not only be on the roster, but have an MVP caliber season and, and take them into the playoffs. If Green Bay finds a way to, to keep all the pieces he wants, and, and it may not be possible. I've seen the reports. Yeah. You, know, um, you know, that that there could be maybe a, a Rogers Devonte Adams package deal out there, you know, um, But if Green Bay is able, I I still think Green Bay is in the driver's seat to make it happen. It just depends on what they want to do and if they're willing to do it.
3: Let me ask you this, Sam, because you're talking about it right now with the quarterback envy of the Denver Broncos. And there is quarterback envy for a lot of teams around the NFL. When we look at Mm -hmm. Pat Mahomes and we look at Josh Allen and we look at maybe Burrow now is the most recent one, but obviously Herbert's pretty incredible, too. Are we yeah. going to continue to see this crazy influx of talent? Like, is that just the new standard for quarterbacks coming into the NFL? Or does it just so happen we have three potentially all-time greats and they're they're all, you know, have been in the league five or six years or fewer and it just mm-hmm. so happens they're there? Or have we raised the standard of where all the quarterbacks that are coming to the league are going to be these, you know, Madden football game-like types of players?
4: That's a great question. I mean, I, I, think, I think there's been a little bit of a... Uh, luck in 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 the draw here. Similar to uh, we've seen this kind of over history of the NFL, little waves, little pockets of of quarterbacks kind of all coming into the league at the same time. You know, uh, Elway, Marino, um, uh, Jim Kelly—they kind of all came in that same area, right? And then and then um, uh, you know now you, you've you've got this, or you know you had Roethlisberger, Manning, and Rivers all come in together. Um, it, it, now you've got these guys all kind of coming in together. I, the problem is. So I don't to answer your question. I don't think that's the norm. I don't think we're like I'm. I'm looking at this draft class and I'm trying to figure out: is there a quarterback that could be, uh, you know, a, a star NFL starter? And I I just am having a hard time pinpointing one in this draft class. Um, but that when you have all these young guys, and and this is the problem the Broncos have had: you you have that uh, expectation level and and the lack of patience, I think, to develop quarterbacks at times. So I still think there's, uh, for example, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it local. So Zach Wilson, you know, he didn't have the greatest rookie year, but I still feel like I watch his video and I see his skills, and I still think, you know, if, if he's in the right system and has patient coaches, that that's a guy who could be a good starting quarterback, maybe a top 10 in the next four or five years. But the problem is, is do teams have that patience anymore? It's almost like we have to strike uh, in year one or year two, and if not, we're moving on. So I just don't think that uh that should be the expectation level but these young guys uh you know if they find the right system like Josh Allen is one of those guys that I didn't think I I'll, I'll I'll call myself out when I saw his his uh college video and stuff I'm like man I just don't I don't know how he's going to translate to the NFL but boy he has sure done that and done it very well
2: Sam, Ben, and I were talking yesterday about how wide open the NBA is this year. There's, there's really not one team like the Warriors a few years ago where you look and say, "Well, unless something crazy happens, they're going to win it." So, with that in mind, who is the favorite to win the NBA title?
4: <laughs> Man, that's a great question uh, because I, I agree with you. It's, it, and that's a good thing for Jazz fans, right? That it feels like there's any any team's chance. I still, I still like. I still like the Jazz as being a contender. I wouldn't call them the favorites right now, but I still like them as being a contender. You know, uh, I look back at the, the seven, eight games that they've lost, and I think, I think in the eight games they've lost in this recent skid, um, if I remember right, they've had about six different starting lineups, you know, for, for whatever the reasons, COVID, injuries, whatever. And so I, I, think, I think there's something to say about continuity for the Utah jazz and, and the lack of it recently. Um, but man, I look, I I thought for sure a month, a month ago, you'd, I would say, you know, I think the warriors are back on top. I think they're the, they're the team to beat, but now, and you know, they, they seem like they're, they are mortal as well. So I have a hard time saying that there's one team in particular that's, that's, uh, the front runner right now. So I'm sorry. I didn't give you a great answer though, but, that's that's a good thing for the NBA though. I think it's great.
3: NBA trade deadline is 3 weeks from tomorrow. Uh or excuse me, 2 weeks from tomorrow. Excuse me, it's coming up even closer than I expected. 2 weeks from tomorrow. Uh is this the roster we still see coming up on February 11th or the Jazz make a move before this?
4: Ooh. Good question. <laughs> um, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like if a move's made it's going to be a deadline type move, right? Um I, I, am not. I don't. I don't have a, a great feel on how um, you know Danny Ainge is feeling with with this club since he's come over. But I kind of, I kind of get the impression that he's been watching and observing and waiting. Um, and if he's gonna make a move, I just feel like it's gonna be one of those uh, deadline moves. Uh, you know, a day or two before the deadline. So, um, is it gonna be the roster? Uh, gosh. It kind of feels like a change needs to be made. I just don't know what that change is quite yet.
2: Well, Sam, thank you, as always, for uh, jumping on the show and uh, you know getting ready for China and all that. Oh, I don't know if you're a Disney guy, but whatever you do, leave the Winnie the Pooh shirt at home. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. All Thanks right. for the advice. Thanks, buddy. See ya. All right. There you go. Our friend Sam Farnsworth, KSL Channel 5, getting ready to go over there to uh, China.
3: You know, it's going to be an experience for him. And uh, I'm excited for the Olympics. I mean, the Olympics itself uh, itself are fun. It's a fun way for the country to get together and gather around, and we all kind of have the same rooting interests. And that's obviously getting more and more rare. So that's a fun part of the Olympics, and I'll be excited for it.
2: What is your go to Winter Olympic event? What is, the, I mean, a lot of folks out there would say figure skating, right? Uh, yeah,
3: I'll probably and- go with skating in all honesty. Like, I'll be tracking Nathan Chen. Like, that's going to be okay. my big thing. I've never been a Sean White guy, but it's also cool that he's kind of in that, the end of his career, he's like turned into Dirk Nowitzki or Tim Duncan Lake, guys who you may have rooted against at one point in your career, that you get to a, so, a certain point point, you're like, oh, I just love that person because they're they're so important. They're such a figure. They belong in the canon of, of certainly snowboarding. And I'm, you know, he, I'm not all that up on it, but I'm sure most people would say he's the greatest snowboarder of all time and seeing him compete
2: for the last yeah. time is pretty cool. I love the ski events, specifically the freestyle and the downhill. Yeah. Those are the two. They're insane. Yeah. The long jump is insane or whatever the...
3: uh, oh The aerials? No, not the aerials. The the one that's really just, we're going to shoot you down the biggest hill, we're going to send you off the biggest jump, and you fly as long as you can and don't die when you get to the bottom. Whatever that one is. The long jump.
2: Yeah, the ski jump.
3: Yeah. It's amazing. It's it's incredible. You know,
2: they're never more than like... I can't remember what the average is, but it's like eight or ten feet off the ground.
3: Yeah. Still out there for a long time. Yeah, they're kind of fighting natural gravity, right? right. Like the trajectory of like, we're going to make the hill just steep enough that as they fall, the hill falls with right. them. And so, yeah, then they, See,
2: they land. The aerials would be the one that scare me because they're legitimately going like 50 feet off the ground. Yes.
3: And the, going from the moguls- right into the freestyle is the single stupidest they are, or and the, then the right aerial Jackson's like to, and then right yeah. back to
2: the moguls yeah it's like here's what we need you to do take these
3: knees to your face up to your chin for 20 seconds and then you know give me a double full spin double back flip land it by the way you land it on a mogul <laughs> and right. you have to get right go back go right back yeah, to it. it it's amazing
2: i went, I went to the uh, freestyle skiing you uh, know when it was here it was up at Deer Valley and it was awesome oh it you was can go so watch fun.
3: it really is amazing that on any given day you want to, you can go up to the Olympic oh, or the Olympic kind of museum that they have the, up there. The Olympic Park? The Olympic Park. And you can see some of the greatest athletes on earth
2: just like jumping into the pool. Oh, yeah. we uh, Just practicing. They do a show during the summers yeah. up there. We went to it twice this past summer. It was great.
3: But it's like it's one of the- The Flying um, Aces. It's one of the great training facilities that's available. And it's just out there. Like we have all these incredible,
2: incredible facilities right in our backyard. You know they keep that pool ice cold? Sweet. Thanks for doing that. Yeah could at least give him some warm water yeah. I mean, do you Come on, make it ice cold. Or... Sunny out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, big thanks to uh, Sam for jumping on. What's your go-to summer uh, Olympic uh, event?
3: I, honestly, I love that the, this is the best part of the Olympics for me, is it allows you just to be a front runner, right? Like, when we have a good bobsledder, the country's going to rally behind whoever the bobsledder is this year. When we don't have Nathan Chen, nobody cares about men's ice skating. But, you know, when you have Apollo Anton Ono, great. Rally behind Apollo Anton, like whatever's going to be good that year. I'm fully on board with saying I'm the biggest Katie Ledecky and Michael Phelps fan. And when they don't swim out there, I'm going to say yeah, it's not even swimming's not even that big of a <laughs> it's not even that big of a thing. When we had the incredible uh, men's gymnastics team a few years ago, or you have Simone Biles or whatever it is, easy to
2: rally. When they don't, I don't care about it, and I get to pick and choose that. So every you're four about years. the athletes. I'd see I'm more about the events. I'd say I'm not a diehard events guy. I don't think about it that way.
3: No, I'm way more shallow than you are, but we knew that. Well, yeah, we did. We knew I was way more shallow than you. Correct. Megan, you an Olympian? you, like a, you a fan of the Olympics? You, I, I like Megan. Miracle Megan has like a big family thing. Like you seem very family-oriented. It seems like you watch. I imagine the Miracle family getting together on the couch, turning on NBC, KSL, Channel 5, you hear the music come on, and the whole gang's there. Do you guys have like an event?
1: Maybe during the
3: opening ceremonies. Okay. But... But you guys gather and watch. Yeah. yeah. You read that way to me. The
2: family feels that way,
3: which is fine. That is a thing that, you know, I remember watching it with my parents growing up. I'm going to make my kids sit and watch it. I'm going to torture my kids, make I'm them watch the Olympics this year. They're not that interested.
2: They don't want to watch it, They're not, but you're going to make them. Yeah. You're going to beat some America into them. I don't think that's how you get them to like it by making them. Yeah. Life's tough. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> stay tuned Tough love uh, Do we uh, do we have any word on jazz sound? We were uh, hoping maybe we can get some jazz sound Coming up here in the 11 o'clock hour
0: We're still waiting, they haven't started
2: Still waiting, so potentially get you some jazz sound next Stay tuned, Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone Yeah
0: What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah jazz Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update
2: Ring the 30 point Bell Bell,
0: bell, bell.
2: Time for a Jazz Update here on Jake and Ben 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Here is Daniel House talking about the, this Jazz uh, as a team and a franchise embracing him. I love everyone here.
1: I mean they welcome me with open arms accepting me. No one has ever turned me down. They always ask me if I need anything. They're always making me comfortable. So especially being a guy that's been accustomed to a certain way for years and then come over here and be welcome with, with loving arms. It makes you really enjoy the process and everything. So that's why I I feel like the staff, the organization, they just do an unbelievable job just to make sure that every player on this roster have whatever they need, whenever they need, and so much more. This
2: Jazz Update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with a five-star experience with Five Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools. FiveStarpainting.com. Who's got it
0: better than us? No! coverage in utah you're listening to jake scott and ben anderson on 97.5 1280 the zone powered by kslsports.com Jake ben 97.5 and
2: 1280 the zone you know Speaking of strawberry and banana smoothies,
3: if we we were on a sales call yesterday, we need to start pitching like smoothie companies that'll deliver a smoothie. We get Little Caesars on jazz nights. You guys always have a little little Caesar set uh, set up here. We need a smoothie company. We need somebody to come in and deliver us some, some something green, some some red every once in a while. I agree. Let's take that. Let's get a little that healthy done. lunch. Yeah. Let's get a smoothie company. It You're is. on board. You're listening right now. You know a smoothie guy. We want to be the face of your smoothies is the zuka juice still a thing no nope, no nope, that's been gone for 22 years <laughs> do you remember zuka juice zuka yeah well it was like zuka was pre jamba right yeah Jamba juice Jamba
2: bought azuka so i don't know if it was this way i was in high school in the azuka juice era and you know the stuff that becomes stupidly trendy in high school yep. that you eventually just look back on and go god that was the stupidest thing ever carrying around a azuka juice was cup a thing. was a thing
3: oh man rolling into my journalism class 15 minutes late with a like a Eighty-four ounce zuka juice—that is really eighty percent ice cream—was <laughs> was a thing. You're one hundred percent right. That was a that was a
2: status symbol. Oh, you don't have a zuka juice in your hand? And to be fair, they Jeez. were eleven fifty. They were really expensive. I know. In high school. Who could afford it? But that was the thing.
3: No, there's just water in here. <laughs> just, I just I can't afford to throw away the styrofoam I cup. I keep
2: the same zuka juice cup and just <laughs> walk can't Hey, it. Hey. hey. I don't know those those dumb trends that hit school that you just look at it like but but when you're going through it you're like mom so that, we have got to get to Zooka I've got it and I'm gonna save the cup so I could walk around in the hall with I've it. got this weird dynamic that you're not there yet but you will get there my, I don't let my kids have a TikTok
3: they don't have social media well, I have a nine year old but I don't let he doesn't have a phone or anything so he doesn't have a social media presence nor does he need to but he will play some online video games and I will see things trickle down from TikTok that I probably. Can't Catch because I'm a middle aged person. I probably catch TikTok trends like two weeks after they were actually popular. Okay, but they kind of finally make it into my goofy little algorithm that I have not curated. At right, all. right. But I will get a taste of it, and that if once I get it. My son will inevitably start, like, talking to his friends, and I'll hear him say something, like, four days later that I just learned about. So I'm about the same level of social coolness that your average third grader is and, like, what they're talking about with recess as far as, like, pop culture references. And you will get there. You've got a four-year-old. Four-year-old? Five? Four. Four. Almost five, but four, Yeah. Uh, my six-year-old doesn't have it yet. She doesn't – her her friends are not quite on the uh, social media, but there are enough nine-year-olds apparently out there that are browsing TikTok that my son is getting them
2: at about the same rate I am now.
3: And you'll get that. And that's an interesting development when you realize you've lost
2: total control of the, of the people in your life. See, I think from a technological standpoint, and this is just a theory here. So, so let me know if you think this is way off. But when it comes to raising my children, I think I'm going to raise them with the same amount of technological ability that I had at their age. Okay. That's I think that's a, probably a good rule. of Cell phone? Absolutely not. If you can find yeah. a, if you can find a pager, knock yourself right out. My son
3: <laughs> will get his first cell phone when he's twenty years old. The same way I, I was. think I
2: was. I when I got my first cell phone, honestly, I think I was twenty one. Maybe yeah. that feels about right.
3: I was even a little bit late for my people, but I moved out of that my parents' house. My mom was like, "You don't have a phone at your house, so take
2: mine, you little bozo, and, and you can have it." She gave it to me. So that's what I'm feeling like. Uh, you want to you want to get online? Well, if you can find an AOL account, sure. Right, yeah. But until
3: you do. Right. I didn't have a Twitter account until I was 17. So my son,
2: eight years until you can jump on Twitter. I didn't have a I laptop. I was probably
3: like 24.
2: I didn't have a laptop until I graduated college. Right. So, that's that's the way I'm going. If it was around when I was your age, sure. Did you have a car when you were 16? Uh, yes, because uh, I got, of course, my dad's old one and he bought a new car. You yeah. know, nice how that works. But I did crash it like 30 days into having you know, it, so... It's tough. That was an interesting experience.
3: Are we going to play some jazz sound? Does he
2: not wrapped yet? We're still waiting. It's over. Okay, no problem. All right, we'll get to it
3: here. Uh, I think here it's only Trent Forrest, so... And I love Hey, Trent hey I love... Hey, I told you, Trent Forrest's my favorite player on the jazz geez, right now. Jeez, Ben! I'll admit my bias. It's Trent Forrest Trent is my favorite storyline right now in the jazz right now. He's been my favorite player to cover so far this year. Uh, so I'm happy to listen to Trent Forrest. It's only Forrest. Trent Forrest. But it's not you. like Donovan Mitchell's back from concussions and talking about how he's missed. You know, this will be his fifth game that he misses tonight. I think he got hurt last Monday. Uh, missed the Wednesday game, Friday game, Sunday, Monday, and yeah, he's missing again today. So he's that's a, that's a long time for a concussion. That's scary, though, because, you know, he had one at this point last year as well uh, and is now having to come back and, and fight through it again. And it's probably good for him. It's not the ideal rest. No one wants to have a concussion. I'm sure that's not enjoyable sleep or, you know, downtime, but... Hopefully it helps his body towards the end of the year.
2: are you not supposed to sleep with a
3: You know, actually, in fact, I think it's changed. Not Don't allow me to play doctor on the air, but I remember talking to concussion doctors quite a bit uh, at one of our jobs because CTE was just so popular right. that we would talk to a doctor all the time, and they said, you know what, actually one of the new things is give that brain as much rest as possible. Shut it down. Let it rest. They used to think, like, yeah, you're going to go to sleep and never wake up. It's like, no, you just had a really... Serious head trauma. You needed to go to the doctor and not sleep it off. But sleeping isn't gonna make it worse. That's
2: good to know. It is good to know. I don't know if I've ever. Have you ever had a concussion in your I life? I Haven't. I've hit my head several times where I probably had a concussion, but I never like went to the doctor or anything.
3: I had a couple of those where like not getting your bell rung, but like kind of you get that weird flash like that white flash when you hit your head hard enough like you run into somebody else and it's like you really got shook but it's never like led to a long-term headache or any kind anything like that i was uh i was
2: skiing and a little out of control and i i remember there were two trees directly in front of me and the next thing i remember i was i came to on the other side of the trees does that make sense? Yes. Like I have no yes. idea how I got from you, one you side of the tree to, to C the other. And you don't remember B. Don't remember B. Yeah, but that's certainly bad. hit my head. That's bad. Glad I came to. Because who was it? Uh, Sonny Bono. Not so lucky. No, a lot of in people. A similar. Situation. I mean, it's amazing
3: how recently it feels like, and a lot of it probably feels because because we're seeing more snowboarding and things in the Olympics. We just. We weren't wearing helmets for a long time with skiing and snowboarding. I held off on getting a helmet forever. I bought one for the first howl- time. I went skiing for the first time two years ago when I hadn't been for like 10 years, and I bought one. And everyone on the mountain had one. I was amazed at how many people
2: had them because nobody had Everybody them. Everybody has yeah. them. It's, we've gone from nobody wears a helmet skiing to you're the exception yeah. when you don't have a, a which helmet is, skiing. Which is right. Which is very right. Yeah. It's amazing that it took us so long to get there. Yeah. I'm still surprised whenever I see somebody riding a bike without a helmet. Because of how many famous people have died from
3: skiing. Like, we have so many examples of people. Well, yes, and just basic common
2: sense. Yes. You're sailing down a hill at 50 miles an hour. (laughs) On ice. Where there are trees everywhere. Ah, Why would you need a helmet? You're only riding a bike on concrete. Man, why would you need a helmet? (laughs) Amongst cars
3: going 35 miles an hour all around you. Like skateboarding. Yeah. It is amazing that I never wore one. Ever? I still won't wear one when I go. I still go occasionally. So I'm going to come into work with a blown out knee or an ankle at some point, I promise you. It's going to happen. I'm too no old for No offense, that but
2: that's the dumbest and thing I've ever done. And I still I've don't wear heard. a helmet. Yeah, why go. not? Because I'm an idiot.
3: Because I didn't when listen, I was doing it, and I'm still not
2: going to. Listen, I, I, a couple of years ago had a had a coworker that nearly died because he was riding a bicycle without a helmet. Yeah. Like nearly yeah. died. Ben, if I ever see you riding a skateboard, oh. I'm 100% serious about this. If I ever see you riding a skateboard without a helmet, I'm going to be mad. Speaking of, uh, well then don't come to the don't come well, to the buy park a when I when I'm shredding. Bye. Don't come to the park when I'm shredding. A helmet. I'll give you a helmet.
3: Uh Madison Hinkhouse who uh runs kslsports.com for us. She was riding her bike in Liberty Park and she got blasted by a Honda. She really? got hit by a car and got a concussion. At Liberty Park? Yeah. I, think, I don't know if she had a helmet on or not, of but she got hit things? by a car riding her bike over at Liberty. Yeah, and because got, there's a speaking big, of
2: concussions, a big old bike lane, like it would actually be challenging to I hit somebody like, with a car at Liberty Park. Somewhat early in the
3: morning, she's like a go getter. She like gets up and is on it, has like a dog and stuff. Like she's, she's an active human being and got, uh, got smashed by a car.
2: All right, let's get some jazz sound. Let's they never figured out who did it. So
3: if uh, you saw someone get hit by a car and you know who did it at Liberty Park a couple years ago. Tweet at us.
2: <laughs> Let's hear from uh, Trent Forrest. Strawberry banana smoothie. I nice.
1: yeah. have a similarly dumb question. Just, what does your shirt say? Who you knows? Um, it says Kazan. Um, it's one of the sayings Quinn gave us at the beginning of the year. So um, that's kind of what it is. It's just, I think, continuous improvement, just continue to get better. So it's kind of been his word for us this year.
0: Um. You know, most, like, two-way guys don't kind of get the opportunity that you got, you know, last night and having a couple other games. What's been kind of, like, your reaction to that and uh, appreciation
1: of that? Um, I guess my reaction is just, not that I expected it, but kind of just, that's kind of what you work for, to get those opportunities. Um, especially, like you said, being a two-way, you never know when the opportunity may come or if it will ever come. So, um, definitely kind of, Grateful and, I mean, really, that's kind of just the work for it. Just grateful I was able to get that opportunity.
0: What's been the reaction of your friends and family back
1: home? Um, They've all been excited, um, happy for me. So, um, they've been waiting for me to kind of be more aggressive, things like that. So, um, I mean, they've definitely been excited for me the past couple games. I going
0: to say, you were more aggressive in the Phoenix game, right? Like, so, what led up to that and kind of what did you learn from being...
1: I yeah, um, I mean, I feel like what led up to it is just the past couple of games, I was more aggressive, um, both offensively and defensively. So I feel like it's just kind of been a combination of just building on the last few games. Um, what I learned from it, I feel like just that I can do it at this level. Um kind of going back to the two-way thing, sometimes it's hard for guys that's in my position, like as a two-way to know kind of if you're good enough, things like that. So um, I feel like that's probably the biggest thing I learned from it. Um, just know that I can do it on both ends at this level. Um, so I would say that part. Going off the theme of constant improvement, where do you feel like you have really improved since you've been here? Um, honestly, in every aspect, um, from – I mean, defensively. I mean, understanding our system, um, being more confident in my voice, being kind of a leader when I am put in those positions. Um, so I would say, just in all aspect, all aspects of my game, um, I've been able to improve. From the portion types that we get to see, we see you have there working one on one with her. What are kind of some of the specific things that you guys are, are trying to hone in on? Um. A lot of it is just my rhythm. Um, Just in my shooting, if it's kind of what we were just doing, kind of one-on-one moves, um, having a good rhythm, a good pace, um, and just knowing that rhythm um, and being consistent with it.
0: What's the most fun part about
1: living the NBA dream? Um. I don't even know, honestly. I mean, for me, it's just crazy just, I mean, being here and being from kind of where I'm from. So just being around these guys every day to being on the road, seeing different players. Um, so for me, I mean, it's like you said, it's a dream of mine. So, I mean, I, I'm still kind of amazed at it every day, just being able to come in and be around the people that I'm around.
0: We were talking to Jared after the Phoenix game, game. He, you know, hit a three over Chris Paul, and was like, "That was a big moment for me." Grew up in New Orleans. Like, do you still have those moments where it's like, "Oh my goodness, you know, yeah. I'm playing against Chris Paul, I'm playing against these guys," but you know, I grew
1: up watching it. Nah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of going back to our golden, like when I got the dunk, like during the game, I didn't think like that Steph was guarding me. But going back and watching it and talking to my family and friends, they were like, you know, like Steph was guarding you and things like that. And then you do think about it and you're like, like I remember him hitting the shots over OKC in game six, like stuff like that. So now it's definitely kind of surreal when you go back and think about it.
2: There you go, Trent Forrest, who I agree with you, Ben. I think he is a a great story. I think he's playing great basketball for the Jazz, and he's a blueprint to how you play for Quinn Snyder, how you play your way onto the roster by playing defense. Did you know that Trent is his middle name? Oh, really? What's Trent's first name? You want to take a guess? What what feels like a a good first name? Lazarus. Close. Right first letter. Huh. But no, not Lazarus. What is it? Landon. Landon? I like Trent better. Landon Trent Forrest. Landon Forrest. That's a good handle. Landon Trent Forrest? Yeah. Land it's got a and nice like l- ring to it. Land and Forrest. You know uh, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's like a I wish outdoor his, thing. I wish his first name was Desert. Isn't his uh, cousin? Who's his cousin? Uh, Steve Forrest.
3: Uh, his his cousin's in the NBA. Uh, Damian Lee.
2: Carl Forrest. Yeah. Damian Lee is his cousin? I believe so. Wow. All right, stay tuned. Wrapping up, Jake and Ben. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 the zone.
0: Ah! The sports you love, the teams you can't live without. Such urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 975-1280 the zone. Powered by KSLsports.com. Ah!
2: Man, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Man, this is a good song. Hard to beat Pearl Jam. Seriously. I want to remind you about our friends at Built Bar, whether it's double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie, cherry, barcia, or salted caramel. Enjoy a Built Bar. 100% real chocolate, 100% real delicious. Order yours today at Built.com and save 10% off your order by using promo code ZONE at checkout. That's Built Bar. I
3: do like randomly
2: that Quinn Snyder and Larry Kraskoviak are friends
3: with people from Pearl Jam, and it's not connected to one another at all.
2: I don't know, Coach Knight. I knew the Larry Chriskowiak was. What's? A- grew up with one of the guys. Oh well, Seattle. Seattle. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes uh, that makes a bunch of sense. So he's like a pearl jam. Were dude. you grunge? Ben, I missed were you too a little young No, so grunge? like
3: my first cool '90s band, which I quickly learned was not apparently a cool band. People did not like them. Was the Smashing Pumpkins. People didn't like this music. No, people what loved them. About? People loved them, but they weren't like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, grunge. They were kind of that next we figured out a way to really popularize this music and be like big time alt 90s rock. Like they were the face of alternative ni- alternative 90s rock for probably 4 or 5 years, but it wasn't like that first cool wave of my understanding
2: of it that included did Nirvana and Pearl Jam, etc. You uh, did not grow up in Sandy. I actually didn't either. But did you know of uh, Top Hat music? Yeah, of course. D- during the height of Smashing Pumpkins thing, Rain, whatever you want yep. to call it, like yep. when tonight tonight was yes. at its, yeah, they played Top Hat music. Oh, that's hilarious! They just came to yep. Utah, went to Top Hat, and played. That's amazing.
3: Amazing, I, and I think there's still there's probably more. Some examples of that still happening, but certainly not as many as it felt like when we were younger. Was Billy Corgan on Small Wonder?
2: What's Small Wonder? I don't even know what that is. You, you've never heard this before? No. Small Wonder is a, a really horrible television show. Oh, yeah, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, People
3: thought he was the kid uh, on the old TV show. The brother. Jerry from... Superan, who looks a little bit like Billy Corgan. Right. And it wasn't. But You're right. That but, was but it does look thing. like him. You're right. And there's another band, like a modern band that has a guy, the lead singer looks a lot like Billy Corgan, too, that was... A funny thing Um, So that was my band I When I was blading Because everyone was blading In the mid 90s So I was like I was born in 86 So I was probably like 10 or 11 years old and I would blade down to Play It Again Music on 7th East and 24th South. It's gone now. But I would blade it over there. And I probably wore my blades into the store. I'm sure they were so bothered that I existed and would just like go and rollerblade around this Play It Again used CD store. And I bought two CDs. And I think one of them was Melancholy and Ifness which was my first like cool album, the, the Tonight Tonight Smashing Pumpkins album. And I bought a Cranberries album randomly. So those were like my first music purchases of my life where I was like i stolen enough money from my mom or however I got money at that point like you got three dollars you got four dollars here you're just like I'm gonna collect this money that I've been given for lunch in junior high school or whatever I'm gonna collect this I've gotten money from Christmas still left over and I'm gonna blade down there and those are the albums I'm gonna buy
2: I've I've told you my kind of uh, reasoning why I like records uh huh and, uh, really, I, I say two, but there's, there's three, and I'll get to that in a second. Like, one, with digital music, you don't get to appreciate the album art, which is a thing. Like yes. with buying 100%. records, you, and in
3: fact, like even CDs, you don't even get the appreciation that you get with the vinyl, right? Which is like a huge magazine almost. And
2: then you know the inside, but even talks CD about, books yeah, were cool, right? Yeah. Very cool. So you miss out on that with with digital music. One reason I like records. The other reason I like records is because it it doesn't force you, but basically you have to consume the whole album as opposed to just picking and choosing the hits that you like. Which I yes. which I also like that. And then third, I love the music store. Correct. I love actually going to the music store and flipping through the albums and saying, Oh, that would be cool. Remember that? Or Or finding something.
3: There was something about the finding, like, oh, I haven't seen this album in vinyl or C D before and I found it.
2: And you get to say hi to the weird hipster behind the counter and you know, like, Hey, what's new, Bob? And uh, I feel bad for the younger generation that they're not going to grow up with that. They're going to grow up with just selecting the hit that they like online, never knowing the uh, an album cover, and never going to Top Hat Music to to hang out with the cool kids. High
3: fidelity. Yeah, exactly. High fidelity. Right. High fidelity. Yeah. I, Great movie. It is the. There, there was, and it's why people like antiquing. That's like why people go, like going to the DI and like looking for stuff. There is something about the find, which yeah. I remember going to whatever it was. There was one on, I also on Seventh East and Twenty First South Kitty Corner, where like the candy store is now, and I can't remember what the store was. It wasn't Circuit City, but there was like a CD oh, shop. Oh, oh well, not Sam Goody. And it's not Fye. It's Fye now. It was even before that. Yeah, I can't I should, Media Play or something. Something whatever like it was. And I, re- I remember like digging through it. And being like I found a Daft Punk CD In like 1998 Before they were doing Like Kanye stuff And I remember being like I've seen this video On The Box You remember The Box Yes Channel 58. I do. So I remember The Box And I was like Well I'm going to get this album Because CDs were you know Nine bucks or twelve bucks Or whatever And that was like How much we had gotten In a gift card there And I remember Yes the find Of being like I recognize this album cover I want to get that You're right And having pure access To everything all the time Well it's actually good And you know Freedom of information Is all great Access to art Music etc was per- really amazing, there was something nice about, like, the feeling, the aesthetic of going into the store, smelling it, finding it. Do you remember you could go, like, scan the barcode with the headphones on? It would, like, let you listen to 30 seconds of a song if you wanted to listen to it. There's some fun parts of our life. Ah, uh, the box. Box was good.
2: Were you, uh, were you ever mean to a friend when you go over to uh, their house and uh, rec- request, you know, like, five songs and then... You hear a month later when the his parents get his phone bill.
3: <laughs> I remember calling my mom while she was at work. She was a hairdresser and begging her, like, can I request this song? It's $1.99. I've got to hear this song. And I don't know what it was. I've got to get this I've Sir Mix-A-Lot and, video. I would, <laughs> I would have the VHS tape ready for when it would come on and to I record would record it. it uh, and then I would like honestly write down the lyrics. I was I was a dweeb. No question about it. I was a dork.
2: All right, want to remind you about the Hot Tub Factory Outlet. Uh, come join Unrivaled tomorrow from three to six at the Hot Tub Factory Outlet in Draper, next to Cowabunga Bay. One two zero one Factory Outlet. Sweet Ben, I will see you tonight, buddy. We got a late one. Play game Jazz Suns should be. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a good game. No Rudy, no Donovan. Although the Jazz played them tough on Monday, so we'll see how it goes.
3: I bet they don't play as well tonight. You think? Second time around, they're going to want to put the Jazz away and make a point. Yeah, they're going to want to make a point against the Jazz tonight, even though they don't have their two best players. We will talk to you tomorrow. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280. Thanks, Megan.